0: First of all, um, I do apologise, I think some of you online that you may be struggling with um, there may be some uh, interference on the line, we do apologise for that. Just suddenly had a thought, I wonder whether it might be because we're charging the phone at the same time, Um, that might make a difference, but uh, we apologise for that. Well, this morning, I'd like us to focus on the words that Simeon praises God with. It's known in church circles as the nunc dimittis, which comes from the Latin meaning, now let us depart. But it doesn't sound quite as impressive if the service leader says, now let us sing that now let us depart. It's a hymn that the people of God for probably about 2000 years have said or sung daily in the evening of the day. Alexander Schmemann, in his amazing book, The Life of the World, uh, writes a beautiful passage about the monk, Dimitris. He writes this, Simeon had been waiting all his life, and then at last the Christ child was given to him. He held the life of the world in his arms. He stood for the whole world in its expectation and longing, And the words he used to express his thanksgiving have become our own. He could recognise the Lord because he had expected him. He took him into his arms because it is natural to take someone you love into your arms. And then his life of waiting was fulfilled. He had beheld the one he had longed for. He had completed his purpose in life and he was ready to die. I love that. Simeon recognises Jesus because he expected him. The Holy Spirit had told him that he would see the Lord's Messiah, the King, God's King, God's ruler. It had been revealed to him, Luke 2, 26, by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. We don't know how. Maybe it was a dream. Maybe it was a vision. It doesn't matter. But he believed God that he would not die until he saw the Messiah. And it meant that he expected someone. He was looking for the Messiah. Now, I may be wrong, but I strongly suspect, uh, strongly doubt that any of us has, have had a vision telling us that we will see Jesus before we die. I do know people who have seen him. Remember one older lady in my congregation told me of how she was kneeling at the communion rail. She looked up and she saw him. She said he was just there and I could reach out and touch him. She had that experience a week before her daughter committed suicide. And then there was another lady, Jenny. She was in her hospital room and she was dying. And she suddenly said she knew Jesus was in the room. She couldn't look at him. She couldn't look up at his face. And he came forward and lifted up her head so that she could look him in the face. But we have the Word of God, the promise of God that Jesus has come, that Simeon held him in his arms, and that one day Jesus will come again and reveal his kingdom, that kingdom that is present but hidden. And everyone will see it. Every knee, writes Paul, shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And we also have the promise that Jesus is near to us now and that through his Holy Spirit he can come and meet with us now. We don't know where or when, we can't control him. He is the ultimate free agent. But by his grace he comes to those who do not expect him, He came to Paul on the road to Damascus. Um, I remember one man uh, in one of the churches where I served, and uh, his wife was being confirmed. He had no faith whatsoever. He wasn't even sure he was going to come to the service. But in the end, he thought, oh, well, I'll come along. It's important for her, so I'll come along. He sat in the service, and halfway through, Jesus met with him and by his grace he will also come to those who are looking for him who are crying out for him you may have to wait many years you may at times be tempted to give up i remember a friend from university who was longing for an encounter with jesus he had had nothing and so he told me a couple of years later he had given up his faith If I was talking with him now, I would point him to Simeon and to Anna, who had to wait so many years for the promise, but who did wait faithfully. And if we are looking for him, then maybe we won't get that spiritual experience maybe that we're looking for, but we will see him in different ways, in bread and wine, at the communion table, in someone who comes and offers us support, or in a person in need. Some of you may know Tolstoy's story of Papa Panov, the old shoemaker. He is told in a dream on Christmas Eve that he will see Jesus. And so on Christmas Day, he prepares a feast and keeps looking out of his window for his special guest. He doesn't see Jesus, but he does see a street sweeper and gives him a hot drink. He sees a young mother with her baby and invites them in for something to eat and he gives the baby a brand new pair of shoes. And at the end of the day when Jesus had not come, he sees the beggars and he gives them the food that he prepared. He goes to bed deeply, deeply disappointed. Jesus, he said, you said you would come, but you did not. He falls asleep, but then he wakes up and he knows that he is not alone in the room. And he cries out, who are you? And then a voice answers him. It was the voice from his dream. The voice of Jesus. I was hungry and you fed me, he said. I was naked and you clothed me. I was cold and you warmed me. I came to you today in every one of those you helped and welcomed. Then all was quiet and still. Only the sound of the big clock ticking. A great peace and happiness seemed to fill the room overflowing Papa panof's heart until he wanted to burst out singing and laughing and dancing with joy. Simeon expected Jesus and he met with Jesus. Secondly, Simeon takes Jesus into his arms and looks into his face. Some of the icons of the presentation Focus on this, the face-to-face encounter of the Son of God and Simeon. The Russian name for this festival, I I love this, is Sritenia, meaning meeting, encounter. And um, some of the icons, as you see, just sort of really stress this. This particular one is just amazing. When you look at how Simeon and Jesus are looking at each other face to face. We speak a great deal about costly, or maybe I do, I speak a great deal about costly obedience to God and Jesus Christ, of following Jesus where we do not want to go, of experiencing opposition, of suffering for the gospel, of dying to ourselves, and it's all true. It's all here in this passage we've read, in the coming of Mary and Joseph to present Jesus uh, in the temple, and in the words of Simeon to Mary about the sword piercing her heart. But the great emphasis in these verses is the encounter of Simeon and Anna with God and their praise. Anna, like Simeon, has been waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem and she praises God. In this icon, she's shown as pointing to the, temp- to, the, to the sanctuary, to the altar, you know, where the presentation of Jesus is taking place over. But in many icons, she's shown as pointing up, pointing up to heaven. And Simeon takes the baby Jesus in his arms and he praises God. As I was writing this, actually, I was listening to a song. The song was, the title of the song, it was a Christian song, was Sing Out in Praise, The Joy of All the World Has Come. But that is actually what this is all about. Sing out in praise, The Joy of All the World Has Come. This is the Son of God, the Child who has come to bring salvation, to set us free from sin and death, to bring forgiveness of sins and a new start, a daily new start, because we are always messing up. He's come to give us a new life and a new way of living. This is the child who has come to bring in the kingdom of God, the redemption of Jerusalem, the promised kingdom of God, a kingdom of justice and security and peace and abundance and harmony of love and laughter and creativity and joy. This child will be a light for revelation to the Gentiles. I'm using the words that that, that, that Simeon and Anna use. He will show us the love of God, the way of God. He will teach us the right way to live, the good way to live, a reason to live, and he'll give us strength to live. He, He will answer the long Prayed prayer for justice and for vindication. Uh, we noticed uh, this week um, uh, that um, when we do morning prayer, there comes that point when you've sort of set everything up and then it says go live. Uh, and Mike was just saying, as he looked at that phrase that says go live, actually it could also read go live. <laughs> Jesus comes to help us go live. He will walk with us through the hard times. He will bring people together. He will unite us so that we live in harmony as part of one another, seeking to serve one another, to build the other up, because when they are built up, we are built up. He will help us to see, to really see the God image, the beauty in each person, in each object. He will give us a purpose, not just for us, for all creation he defeats evil and the devil sin and death he invites us to share in his victory in the life of the eternal he gives us hope and he gives glory and this this is the god who became one of us a human baby who simeon holds in his arms and he can look at face to face this is the god who has become one of us a human baby the eternal god who is so holy so other so set apart that his name is not even a name when moses says what is your name he says i am who i am And when Moses asks to see God, God says to him, nobody can see my face and live, but you will see my back as I pass by. And when Isaiah has a vision, not of the face of God, but of the glory of God, the God seated on the throne, he cries out, woe is me, woe is me, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And now God has come to us not as fire in a burning bush not as darkness thunder and lightning not even as an unseen voice that booms from the heavens but as a human child simeon holds him in his arms and looks into his face and he loves him and he praises god And thirdly, Simeon's life of waiting was fulfilled. He had beheld the one he had longed for. The nunc dimittis, the now let us depart, is the hymn of the end. It is often used at the end of traditional funeral services, as the coffin is taken out of the church. It is the hymn of the end of the day, it is said and sung at evening prayer daily. It is very appropriate and very special. Simeon sees Jesus. He knows that everything is going to be okay, that Messiah has come, that God's word has been fulfilled, and he can die in peace. Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. Last week... I was 60, and I'm going to have my chocolate today. (laughs) I think it's the human condition to feel much younger than our actual years. Our mental age rather lags behind our physical age. (laughs) I feel, I don't know, 45, 50, whatever that means. And I hope and pray that there will still be quite a few years of active work and service ahead of me. But 60 is one of those milestones on the journey of life, which, even if you feel much younger, as someone who will remain anonymous, Nicolette, very kindly put it, I have become an old codger. (laughs) When you are younger, you push the idea of death away. But as you grow older, you begin to have to face up to the reality of death. Our society is not good at facing up to death. We do everything that we can to avoid facing the reality of death. And of course, the process of growing older or of dying is not always a good experience. But for the person who is looking for Jesus, death need hold no terrors. Simeon has seen Jesus. He knows that Jesus has come. He knows Messiah has come. God's kingdom will come. He knows that ultimately everything, all will be okay. So there is no fear. There is peace. There is hope. There is light. And there is glory. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus, who sent his Son, our Lord Jesus, to come and be our Saviour, our Messiah and King, and our light. Amen.